Baines Plus One. You're listening to Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines, the show where each week I have one notable guest and delve into their lives like a fast food enthusiast delving into a bucket of greasy chicken. This week I had the brilliant actress and comedian Desiree Birch. We chatted the importance of drinking water during the Edinburgh Fringe, my possible shadow career as an interior designer and all things comedy in her brand new show. Enjoy. You're listening to Baines Plus One with Samantha Baines. It is me, Samantha Baines. It's Baines Plus One and it is coming up for half past 12. I hope you're having a lovely afternoon. My special guest is here. It's Desiree Burt. Hi there. Thanks for letting me be your plus one to this. Thank you for coming in. I have a cup of tea. Says I love New York on it. Yeah. And it's in your honor. Yeah, well, thank you. Although, shouldn't it be full of uh, coffee that's uh, over caffeinated? Oh, yes. <laughs> I can't drink coffee. Um, it makes me go a bit crazy. Yeah, I think it makes it all, us all go a little bit crazy, but some of us prefer that uh, psychotic energy, I suppose. I'm so crazy from the tea, I've just spilled water all <laughs> over my paper. Oh, dear. Um, Desiree, how are you? How's your week been? Um, I'm all right. My week has been uh, confusing, but somewhat productive. I'm uh, in the midst of uh, working out uh, things for my uh, new Edinburgh show. And so I'm in that uh, hot mess of a place where it's like, uh, has anything ever been funny anymore? Uh, Well, but yeah. And um, I had a great gig on Monday uh, for uh, Solace Women's Aid. Uh, It was a really funny all-female lineup at uh, Camden Comedy Club. It went really well. And so that's making me feel like at least people will laugh. But had I only stuck to making them laugh and not trying to be like, and think about things. Because no one wants to do that, really. Well, my Edinburgh show is all think about things. Oh, God. Yeah. There's so many of us who are like, everybody think. And they're like, we came here to get pissed and fall down. Why are you doing this? (laughs) I've just, I think I've just come out of the, I'm an awful person, I'm an awful comedian, I've got no jokes about my Edinburgh Fringe show. Yeah, that's So I can important. tell you there is light at the end of the tunnel. Thank you so much. That is important to know. <laughs> I, at the end of the day, we're all just going to like delusion space camp there to be like, hey, we should all be famous right now, guys. <laughs> just right now. Yeah, right. Well, absolutely right now, as opposed to the years we've been doing this before. <laughs> Well, my, I think my what. So, what are your biggest fears about Edinburgh? Let's cover this off now. Sure. Um, I mean, the well, some of the fears are just accuracies. Like you know, it's just um, flying and doing that every day and being exhausted and just you know uh, having that angle, of course, of not doing a show that's like a, a theater piece where you can talk about what it is. You just have to go comedy like 2.5 billion of your closest friends who are there <laughs> as well. Um, so, you know, that part, just the, the sheer exhaustion because every year I'm older and uh, the festival stays the same and it just feels a little harder. Um, and and the yeah. late night drinking. Yeah, Do I suppose. You? I mean, I was very good last year because I had to be because I had a show that was so draining and it was on at noon. And so I just Ooh. couldn't. I just had to go home at 8 and go to bed as soon as possible and start all over again. But now my show's on at half nine at night and it's now oh, a requirement, yeah. yeah, of course, to be out and to um, pretend to drink. And, and you know, the, the British pretend don't let to you drink. to get away with it. Yeah. You, you know, drink. well, no, I do drink, but like I can't go out and drink wine every night because one glass 
glass of wine is not a thing that exists, you know? And so, <laughs> like, you know, so, and I can't go out and drink four every night because I won't have a voice or any energy or any of that. And I'm not 20 anything anymore. So that is not a functional plan. But also, you can't, like, be drinking with British people and, like, require a glass of water. They just, like, smack it out of your hands. <laughs> I just say I'm hot. <laughs> oh, I need some water. That's really it. smart because yeah. I'm all constantly sweaty, so that's a believable <laughs> excuse. Let's let's do it. We I when I see you in Edinburgh, I'm gonna get water for both of yeah, us. Yeah, just time. aren't aren't you hot? Yeah, yeah I'm really I'm, hot. I'm really get, hot. Yeah. Let's get just a glass of water in between the alcohol. And yeah. then I'll like down something, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Well I guess I could do that thing where I'm black and no one knows how old I am, so I can just be like, Oh, I'm going through the change. <laughs> and everyone's like, and I water didn't know she is was an 50. important part. <laughs> Brilliant. I love it. Well, I am I am known for staying out very late in Edinburgh. Yeah. Last year I did two shows as well. And oh, kind God of bless me. you. You insane so, genius. Did it go down really well? Were you like fully immersed in the experience or were you dead yeah. tired? Well, I wasn't doing, I was really tired. I wasn't doing a solo show. I was doing a two-hander okay. and then I was emceeing my mix bill. Okay. So it was a bit more like, whatever, this is kind of my year of fun. Hun, that's Where, good. Whereas this year is my first solo show and uh, I'm seeing the other gigs. So yeah. this year is a bit like, <gasps> Yeah. yeah, I think we have to remind ourselves, like, it's fine. It's supposed to be fun for us as well as them. Otherwise, it doesn't actually work. I know that that is a hard uh, achieved goal, but I think that it's important to keep in perspective. I think that um, it's supposed to be. Fun. It is supposed to be. Yeah, it's like my first that. year doing a stand up hour as well. And so, you know, it's it's even though, sure, I've done solo shows before. This is all new. Yeah. Well, we're going to be talking more about this very exciting solo show. Of yours. <laughs> Plus one. Desiree Birch is here. Hello, humans of Hoxton. How are you? Your voice is very, it's quite sexy on the radio. Yeah, well, thank you. I'm, I'm trying to keep it just like as little and, and as uh, lovely as possible. I feel like you should do a chocolate ad. Can we have a little bit of a <laughs> chocolate ad? Sumptuous, scintillating, who doesn't love chocolate? <laughs> <laughs> I'm buying it. I'm buying it right now. Also, yeah, I'm like, full of crack cocaine. Who doesn't love chocolate? <laughs> full of sugar that you then need to run 4.4 kilometers and then right. your groin aches. <laughs> yes, because you've chafed yourself several chocolate. <laughs> this is my kind of ad. Um, Desiree. <laughs> It is time for your quick fire round. All right, I am ready. Have you ever been in a quick fire situation previously? No, and I lived in America for 35 years, so wow. you would have thought. <laughs> 35 years? Yes, I'm 37. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I do what I can. I stay out of the sun. I don't do things. I try to keep as still as possible. Your face is like the face of a child. Thank you. Well, I fill it with cookies, so I think that's probably why that worked out. <laughs> You have amazing skin. I mean, you can't see this, but we're going to tweet a picture. We're just (laughs) Just going to take a close-up picture of your skin. What is this brown glistening thing? Oh. (laughs) Oh, it's Desiree's skin. Chocolate. Um, We can play that game. You know where you take a photo of a part of your body? And And then people have have to to guess. guess. (laughs) <laughs> like the crack of your arm. I'm, I was going to say, <laughs> always do your butt crack, right? Because no one's going to guess that, right? Or do they only guess Should that? Should we tweet a picture of your arm? No. <laughs> Too much. 
so so much. It's only half twelve. Anyway, <laughs> quick fire round. Right, Desiree Birch. Okay, here we go. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Facebook or Twitter? Oh, Facebook. I'm old. USA or UK? Well, UK because I'm here. Cats or dogs? Oh, cats because my boyfriend likes them. Uh, I like that you're giving me the answer as well. Early bed or night owl? Oh, night owl. I'm sorry, world. LA or New York? <sighs> New York, although I feel forced to say that. <laughs> wow. I've, I've, I'm holding you at ransom. No. Pretzels or hot dogs? Oh, hot dogs. Car or train? A car. Comedy or acting? Comedy. Pen or pencil? A pen. Basketball or baseball? Basketball. Baseball's boring. TV or radio? TV because I'm lazy. How could you say that? <laughs> Edinburgh, you are on the me. radio. <laughs> Edinburgh or London? Um, London, sorry. Soccer or football? Um, soccer. They're Ke- hotter. Ketchup in the cupboard or in the fridge? Fridge. Well, sorry. Adventurous <laughs> or cautious? Cautious. American football or English football? Um, well, I guess I'll give American football something. Yeah. You've passed, although you said lots of shocking things. Yeah, you've just was, slurped your tea on the radio. There, was there a fail point? Was there a, if I just go like, ah, yes. for like two minutes? Because some people try and slow me down and I will not let them. Yeah. I, I do the f- intense eyes. Yeah. Yeah, and also you you were quick and you gave like reasons. Well, you know I have to because otherwise I'm just forced to stand by my choice without you know justifying it to the world, and I don't know if I can do that. Why would you put ketchup in the fridge? Because otherwise it gets it helps it from getting that like runny sluice thing uh, right at the top where you pour Mm. it out. It helps it stay congealed a little bit more. But you can just shake it. I guess so, but I don't like exercise, Samantha. I'm not going to get red-faced over a run. So (laughs) this is how I stay looking so young and full of collagen. Don't move. Put your ketchup in the fridge. Yeah, I'm just saying. (laughs) I I can't deal with it when it's cold. Really? Well, how much ketchup do you put on things? Well, I d- aren't you I putting actually... them on hot things? Yeah, but then that's weird. I, I feel like it needs to be lukewarm. I guess. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I like contrast. I like cold coffee in my, or cold milk in my hot coffee, you know? So yeah. I like the, you know, if it's too hot, then I'm going to hurt myself. Well, th- see, this all started because my husband puts it in the fridge and I put it in the cupboard and we oh. just keep swapping it between the two. Well, we've decided I'm so much more like your husband. I am unable to make choices quickly yes. in a diner and I put the ketchup in the uh, refrigerator. We were talking about that off air, weren't we? I yeah. should marry you. Yeah. Um, don't do, do that. I'm poor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. He does have a real job. Yeah, so. that's important. <laughs> <laughs> but we were talking about this off air. You can't make decisions when you're like in a restaurant. I can't make decisions in general. This okay. is why my life is so in such an really, arrested statement. State. You did really well in the yeah. quickfire round. Yeah, I think it's better if I don't think, and that's been the trouble of my life is learning to think. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Don't think. Don't think. I've worked so well for so many people who don't know how bad things really are. <laughs> just don't think about it and yep. it'll be fine. Yep. It'll just go away. Yep. Uh, so we have a few more questions now that we ask everyone, but you've got a bit longer. All right. Um, what is the one thing you couldn't live without? Mm, I mean, 
Water? Oxygen? Those are wrong answers. Oh, but all the Canadians. Come on. But I mean, realistically, you, I can live without a lot because I am a comedian and I've had to live without most of the things in life people think are important. Yeah. <laughs> I probably living in a city around uh, different kinds of people. If I lived, I grew up in the suburbs and having to live in a homogenous place has never really worked for me and made me feel like I was crazy. I don't understand how people can do it without wanting to gnaw their own ankle off to get out. Okay. Yeah. So people. So like people, but like a densely packed people, I think. Don't gnaw your ankle off ever. (laughs) I can't reach my ankle. I don't run enough to do that. It's like one of the Saw movies. (laughs) Like they'd they wouldn't even have to lock you up and be like, do this. They would just put me in like a town that was you know fifty miles without a car from the closest town (laughs) uh, city, and I'd be like chewing my own flesh. Oh well, if the Saw producers are listening, yeah, that'd be a good one. Your biggest guilty pleasure. Um, um, I would say like uh, 80s adult contemporary music. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't know if that's a guilty pleasure, but these days I feel badly for being like, I really want to jam out to some Hollow Notes or like some, you know, Phil Collins. That's like what I'd, I'd rather hear that than like any top 40, to be frank. So where would you, where would you be? What would be your ideal situation where you'd put that on? What would you do? I mean, to the music. it would be like just a pub with like four people in it and like, you know, carved in tables that like no hipsters wanted to come to <laughs> because like it didn't smell bad enough or something. Uh, there were nothing would come in a mason jar, everything in a martini glass. There'd be some like Elton John pumping and like, I don't know, I could just do bad karaoke from the bar. Amazing. <laughs> Let's make this happen. Yeah, and everyone would be like, Eurovision, this is incredible and life altering because <laughs> they would be on LSD, I think. Okay, for that wow. To work. Okay. I mean, in order for that to actually would go over. Would you be or just for the audience? No, I, don't, I can't okay. really perform uh, intoxicated. One drink is about the most I can do. And then I'm like, I'm useless. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to this party. Maybe not the LSD bit, but no, I want to do the karaoke. But I feel like the, or ecstasy, like the audience have to be on something in order to think that me doing karaoke to Elton John is something that has altered their lives I think <laughs> I, I feel like it would genuinely alter my life I wouldn't have for the to better, take though? mind altering jokes <laughs> for the yes better. okay all right I'd be like, remember joking. that time <laughs> when all those people were really high <laughs> in an we empty just, pub wow. and we were singing to Elton John <laughs> be great what's the most recent lie you've told uh the most recent lie I've told um Oh, I um oh I shouldn't be telling this, but I basically um had a meeting on Friday that I couldn't attend because life had become awful and untenable. And so I just had to say that something horrible had happened, a family emergency, but really I'd stayed up drunk until six in the morning watching the results and panicking about what was going to be the future. Good. Yeah. I Good got life. rescheduled. It was fine. Yeah. But I couldn't just be like, I'm drunk and weeping right now. Um, can Can't we reschedule come. important person I need to impress? I mean, I'm sure I probably could have, but I, I don't have the courage yet to do that kind of <laughs> I thing. I think that's a, that's a fair lie. I yeah. like it. Baines plus one. Desiree Birch. Hey, Samantha Baines. Hi. Hi. Thanks for coming on Baines plus one. Thanks for having me. I'm rarely a plus one for anything this cool. <laughs> <laughs> Do you normally bring a plus one? Um, you know, if I if I uh, get offered to, I always like to try to take advantage of free things. Yes. Don't turn down no free nothing. <laughs> I'll bring some friends. Uh-huh. Plus seven. 
Um, so now this is the interview proper. Oh, okay. So I'm going to ask you real questions about your real life. Oh God. <laughs> so you studied theatre studies. Yes. At Yale. I did. Yes. Um, That's I was like a, a really good one in well, America, that, isn't well, it? Well, it is a really good one, although people often go, oh, you went to Yale School of Drama, like all these people. And I'm like, no, 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 I was an undergrad, which means I was just a nerd until I was able to get to college and finally study theater, which is what I wanted to do. Um, so, yeah, I did. You know, it was mostly doing a lot of plays and experimental things with a lot of great people. So were people? So is Yale like the Oxford? Uh, I guess that is meant to be the equivalent that Cambridge is Harvard and uh, Yale's Oxford or yeah. something like that. Like those are the the, the sibling schools of so something. So you're like a that. clever loader. Uh, well, yeah. Apparently, I think I was until I got to college, and then everyone was clever, and I was like, oh, let me be painfully average. Then that seems a <laughs> lot easier. <No. laughs> I mean, you're definitely not. You've done so much. So as an actor. You've been in so many shows. What's been one of your favorites? Um, Well, specifically as an actor, I will say only because uh, I've done a lot of devised theater and performance art in which I would call myself a performer because a lot of times you're not playing a role. Mm. Um, But one of the favorite roles I've played... um, uh, I was almost going to say Shakespeare, but so boring. Uh, the first one that came to mind is uh, in Tennessee Williams in the bar of a Tokyo hotel. Um, I played uh, Miriam, the sort of uh, aged, uh, you know, socialite who was all about just, you know, that D, getting that D. <laughs> <laughs> and her like, and abusing her like poor painter husband who was tormented because that's boring. You know, <laughs> you're in love with that kind of thing in your 20s. If you get to your 40s, you're like, oh my God, get it up or get out <laughs> is it fun to play the kind of was she a bit evil not I mean evil, she wasn't necessarily like, she was on the surface it would be very easy to write her off as sort of just being superficial socialite evil but I think there was um, of course every actor thinks that there's a depth to their character even if they are just like you know douche of the universe but she was like I think that she was just sort of like oh get it together and also very um there's this line that she said where she was like, I love a hotel room. Like, I love, you know, she loved traveling. She loved a new space. She loved that feeling of starting clean and of, like, leaving this sort of uh, the trap of identity behind, which I can completely understand yeah. having running away, having run away from my problems 3,000 miles away to another country um, and hoping they don't catch up with me uh, before I, you know, run away what again are or they? something. What are the problems? Oh, you know, being a human. Yeah, <laughs> just the life stuff. Just, just the life stuff. Living and being in like, the life. Yeah, just being like, oh god, I'm sick of myself. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go somewhere <laughs> else where I get to pretend for a moment. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because you've done a lot of uh, Shakespeare as well, Romeo and Juliet, Othello. Yeah. What got you into acting first of all, and then we'll move on to the comedy. Well, uh, well, I guess this, the answer is going to be similar to the comedy answer in that you know those things kind of find you. Uh, for me, I think I was uh, raised in front of a te- television set. You know, both my parents worked and they just popped the kids in front of the TV for hours. And so we sort of raised ourselves on like TV shows in the 80s and 90s kind of thing. I mean, they did a little bit more work than that, but like they were vast <laughs> chunks of the day during which we were just consuming. And of course, I think 
I think that's why so many people now, young people, want to be famous or, you know, want to be a YouTube star or want to be whatever. I mean, they look at that and that is where uh, people seem to get recognition and affirmation of who they are. And I think everybody wants that. So there was part of me that um, not only saw that and wanted to be recognized, but then actually started doing theater in high school and was kind of like, oh, this makes sense now. Like nothing else in my life sort of made sense. It just seems sort of like boring and obligatory. And this was like, oh, I get to be an empathetic, like full-fledged human being. It was like practice for real life. And I wanted so much to be a part of real life. And, you know, you don't really get to join real life until bills start coming in your name. And you're like, oh, I'm a human now. Like, this is official. (laughs) I've just got a mortgage and that is like proper grown-up alert. Wow, that's that's incredible. I'm so envious. That's part one of those things that makes me feel like, oh, I'm not committed to anything. Like, I could just blow off the face of the earth right now. And not, you know, that, that is lovely, of course, when you're on the other side you're like that's great but from this side it makes you feel like I'm not yet you know I haven't uh, actualized I'm not yet a grown up like I don't have any responsibility and I didn't make any kids because I was like eh I like my body the way <laughs> but it is but you've made a lot of amazing shows yes yes so so let's move on to comedy how did you go from being an actor doing Shakespeare and, and lots of theatre and then moving into stand up I mean I think that there was sort of a natural progression because I I was a working artist in New York. I um, did a lot of solo performance um, when I was in New York because, you know, you can't be in sort of proper theater unless you have a trust fund to mount such a show or you are already uh, in film and then they'll put you on Broadway. And because I didn't do musical theater, there isn't a lot of just sort of at what we'd say straight theater. There isn't just a lot of straight yeah. theater. So um, you do wind up doing a lot of kinds of uh, alternative performance. So and creating your own work. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I think I moved a lot from, you know, creating my own solo work and and doing devised work with the neo-futurists in New York um, to, you know, obviously once you do solo stuff and you're funny, then you're just like, oh, I can get on a mic at any point, you know, today somewhere in the city and just do something I just thought of. So I think that was the progression toward that. So how long have you been doing stand-up for now? Um, Let's see. I mean... I had done it when I first got to New York uh, a little bit, but uh, really I've been doing it in a more concentrated fashion for the past like five, six years now. Yeah. And you, of course, won the Funny Women Awards last year. Yes, which was an incredible honor. I mean, I feel so like everyone's like, okay, so you're a pro comic now. And you're like, kind of like I'm getting paid, but like it's, I'm not in that place where I'm like, oh yeah, like I don't feel nervous before I walk on. I just walk on and I'm myself. And I just talk and everyone's like, ha, ha, ha. And they throw coins at me. And I'm like, great. You know, it's still kind of that thing of like, this isn't a theater performance, Desiree. Like, you're allowed to be up there and, like, evolve and not feel trapped. No one ever throws coins at you. That's dangerous. Well, uh, yeah, I know. I always wonder how it worked with strip clubs in this country because it'd just be dollars at home and they're soft. But here you got to be an ice cream man with, like, a change Five coin pounds person. is a bit much, isn't Right? It? Yeah. Well, pants. I mean, unless they've really... Done it, I suppose. Well, I guess that's. Well, I mean, anytime someone's grinding their like pants up near you, I think they've done a good job. (laughs) I think they deserve five 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 pounds, and if you can't afford it, go home. (laughs) I think that's where we met Funny Women Awards. Yeah, I think so. Just before. Yeah, I feel like I I remember speaking to you after the the awards in that fab bar and the um, the space. Because of course, I was a finalist in 2014, but I did not win. Oh. 
But sure. the independent said, <laughs> I know. Uh, the independent said, you are a larger than life New Yorker who brought the roof down. I'm glad. Well, I guess if I'm going to be larger than life, then I'm able to do such things as bring the roof down. <laughs> I, you climbed up there. Yeah, right. I was like King Kong Detached up there. No more roof. And brought it down. <laughs> um, and so you've done a bit of TV now as well. You've done E4's World's Greatest Body Shockers and NBC's Before the Morning After. Yeah, so um, I it was funny because that happened. The body shockers thing happened when I wasn't in the country. So friends that I had here was like, were like, I just saw you on TV, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Like I just looked at pictures of interesting, scary, weird people and responded by going eek or saying something funny, and that was <laughs> that was me on that show. Um, and then before the morning after was really fun. That happened at the Fringe last year, but they just got a bunch of performers drunk at two in the morning, and were like, oh let's talk about your first time or whose bud is this or something. And I was like, this is a show. This is amazing. <laughs> Someone's going to put this on TV. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Um, and obviously you had your acclaimed Edinburgh fringe show, Tar Baby. Yeah. Which won a fringe first. That was really exciting and um, affirming. And, you know, I was, I was very, speaking of scared, I was very scared about that show only because I didn't know how much a show about race in America would translate to, um, you know, to Europe, to the UK, um, I guess not fully realizing uh, the extent of the issues as here as well. Yes. So many. <laughs> so many. I you're think welcome. On, yeah, on the surface, everyone's like, oh, we're fine. Oh, you Americans. And you're so remedial with all of that race thing. And uh, getting over here to Europe and being like, oh, yeah, OK, <laughs> we're not the only ones. So so I'm going to just go ahead and do the show. <laughs> and what was it like to win a Fringe First? It was really... A I, show you've written and performed. It was really... I, did, I still don't quite understand how and what happened. It was just sort of one day I was out there flyering. And and um, yeah, the woman who was doing PR for the show, who was really lovely, was like, um, yeah, you need to be at this awards ceremony tomorrow morning. And I was like, you know, like, that's not a thing. I That was my third fringe. And all I'd known is the backhand of the fringe up to that point in the, you know, whoa, that yeah. uh, can accompany um, trying to do art for people, you know. Um, and it was wonderful to have people go like, this is really important in, a, in an international way. That was because all of those stories came from my life and my experience. And I think, you know, at the end of it, people, artists want to communicate to people and to go like, I see this. Do you see this as well? Because if so, then that means there's something here and we should be looking at it. And to have that affirmed kind of made me go like, oh, maybe all of the work I've put in over the last half of my life being an artist is worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Well, we're going to be talking about your current Edinburgh show very shortly. <gasps> but next up, after a bit of Cindy Lauper, you're going to interview me. Excellent. Fans <gasps> plus one. I've got the brilliant Desiree Birch with me. So happy to be here, Samantha. Thank you. Yay. It's fun to have you on. We should say as well, happy birthday to Lynn Parker. Yes, absolutely. I love that woman. She's being grilled tonight. Lightly, <laughs> lightly grilled. No, no roasting. No roasted chicken. Just a couple of grill marks on her bones. It's her 60th birthday. Yeah. She wouldn't mind us saying that. No. She's proud and she's looking fabulous. And she 60. looks fabulous yeah. at 60. And yeah. Lynn, if you don't know, runs Funny Women. And yeah. of course, Desiree won last year. Yeah, she's, she's the reason that we know each other, yeah. essentially. So thank Thanks, you, Lynn. Lynn. 
see you later for yeah. some cocktails. <laughs> now, Desiree, you get to interview me. Excellent. In this portion of the show, you can ask me anything, anything? you like. All right, I love this. So, Samantha, when what was the moment uh, in your life in which you knew that you were funny? Oh. Yeah, like when did you know before you started putting work out there that was like, I'm a comedian, I'm going to do comedy. When did you know, oh, I'm funny, like I'm different? I think it was at school when I joined a new primary school. Yeah. So I'd gone from, we lived in central London and I'd gone from being at that um, primary school like my whole life up until year five. And then we moved out to Greater London. <laughs> yes. Kent. Uh-huh. Where things were green sometimes. Yeah. And I had to join a new school in year five and it was horrible and I dreaded it. Mm. And and I remember I, I was allowed to wear a sweatshirt at the new school and I was really excited about that because at the old school <laughs> we wore shirts and ties. Um, but I was very scared joining a new school and meeting all those people, especially at that difficult age. Yeah. And I found that the way I dealt with it was I didn't sort of join like one group. I went between all the groups mm-hmm. and I made them like me by being funny. Amazing. So you discovered that like, oh, I'm going to have to work and get people to like me for this to be successful. Let's just go and do the work. And it was a way of making people, I found, oh, people like you if you can make them laugh and you can entertain them. Oh, absolutely. I think, yeah, I think we all kind of discover that thing. So in my bright blue sweatshirt, I was making people laugh. Wow. Yes. So that, yes, you are a made comedian and you put the work in. Okay. So here's a different question. Um, If you had not gone into comedy as a profession, what uh, what is your shadow career? What is the other thing that you'd be doing if if that had never occurred and you'd stayed in the same school and didn't need to? Am I allowed writing funny things, or is that too closely linked? No, I mean I think that's. Uh, do you think that um, <laughs> you think that you'd still be in the business of being funny, but that you would probably not be performing it? Well, I think there's three strands to this. Yeah. So I'm currently decorating my house. Uh Uh-huh. And the other day, I genuinely said to my husband, I could be an interior designer. Yeah. So that's one strand. Yeah, see, that's what I'm (laughs) curious about. Because I've always been really into art. And I I did art, you know, at A-level. And I loved, like, painting and all that stuff and colour schemes. So I I, I would quite like that. Yeah. Um, Another strand is writing. I love writing. And obviously, I I write for Time Out, Huffington Post and The Guardian and people like that. And I've always written short stories and I write poems every week, as yes. you have this week. And we'll be doing poems. Oh, my goodness. So I love writing. <laughs> and I also own a social media marketing company called Penguin in the Room. Oh, okay. So you're quite multifaceted. Who sponsors maker. this show as a podcast on iTunes. Incredible. So, um, so yeah, I, I do talks about social media for freelancers and how you can use those free tools to get yourself out there. That's some, uh, it sounds like comedy is getting in the way of you actually making <laughs> a lot more money being a decorator oh. or a uh, business mogul. Maybe I could do talks <laughs> on social media while telling you how to decorate your house. The, yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we just walk into the house, set up your podcasting equipment while you're putting things yeah. up and showing swatches. And yeah, you like this color here, and then use the hashtag. Uh huh. But I think they're all kind of well, not the interior decorating, but the social media is kind of linked with the comedy because it's about performing online yeah yeah and and also social media helps me with my comedy because it helps me get my work out there and my jokes out there and promote my gigs and stuff yeah so i kind of see them as all interlinked yeah yeah but maybe i'd be an amazing 
Interior Dark Crate. Yeah, I'm just, I don't know. I'm always fascinated by that at some point. Yeah. I think after watching, like, I don't know, five or six seasons of House, I was like, oh, I could have been a doctor. Like, I'm already <laughs> kind of rat bastard. And if I just, <laughs> you know, learned some skills about science, this would have been great. <laughs> but of course, you think you can do anything when yeah. you watch TV. Yeah. Um, One last question. Okay. So um, what do you feel like is the sort of... Um, now that I, you're, you're an adult, you've talked about having a mortgage. What is the sort of, um, the, the biggest concession you've had to make on the things that you once dreamed, you know, when you were younger and you were like, everything's going to be pie in the sky and I'm going to be in a musical all the time in a mansion or whatever it was you thought about. What do you think is the sort of concession you've had to make about like, uh, coming into reality? I think I've realized stuff costs money. <laughs> <laughs> When did that happen? <laughs> mm, quite early, at like oh, okay. 17. All right. Baines Plus One. The news on Baines Plus One. Sit back and listen to Baines and her guests analysing some of the most important stories breaking this week. Yes, that is right. It's time for the most important yes, stories. Yes, some of the most important news you'll hear all <laughs> this week. week. So Desiree Birch, can we have the headlines, please? Yes, absolutely. Protect your privacy with gaffer tape. Hashtag get naked and work. Motivational coal walk goes wrong. The wrong leg. And food news, pocket-sized soya, and fast food power. Those are the headlines. <laughs> Beautifully The read, most there. important news really, you're going to hear really all week, stuff. guys. Yeah. Really, uh, you're going to be glad you know this. So first of all, protect your privacy with gaffer tape. I love this. Yeah, well, gaffer tape does fix everything. Doesn't it? Yes, either that Even or WD-40. Yes, it does. <laughs> it does. So this is all because Mark Zuckerberg, the guy who does the Facebook thing, Mm-hmm. He was photographed at his desk in the Facebook offices and web users who saw the photo quickly spotted that he had gaffer tape covering the webcam on his Apple laptop. Yeah. And this is because this is to combat people hacking your computer. It's known as ratting. Yeah. And then they watch you through um, the the camera and see what you're doing. Yeah, this has been around for like a couple of years, really. I feel like this is after, you know, I mean, I think that uh, once it became known that, you know, the uh, United States government was spying on absolutely everybody and everything at all times, there was a lot of like, hang something over your webcam on your computer, um, which I've done in the past. But then I got a nice new MacBook and I didn't want to get adhesive on it. They should make like cool little like, you know, interchangeable bindies or something you can put over (laughs) the cam. Interchangeable bindies. Right. So it looks kind of like beautiful and cool. I mean, not to appropriate, but there's got to be something you could hang. Well, what I did was I took a little bit of a coloured post-it. Yeah. And I stuck it over. Yeah. And it's not as sticky as, as sticky as tape. the tape. Yeah, exactly. Those are our top tips. Yes. <laughs> but it post-its. is really important because I watched a really creepy video on it on this ratting thing where people hack into your laptop yeah I think that's all it takes is one creepy video and like you stop eating meat or you stop letting your webcam be this is what YouTube could do to you yes also a couple of times on my laptop I was on it and then I closed all the programs and the camera was open in the background 
Oh. And I hadn't opened it. So yeah. that freaked me out. That so is then freaky. I stuck something over it. But then there are so many times when I've forgotten and how many horrible things have I done in front of my computer. I know. Yeah. Well, I genuinely generally just sit in my pajamas in front of my computer and look like with no makeup on. So I think someone would hack into my computer and be like, oh, be like, oh no. Yeah, but you think that, but there are millions of people into that. <laughs> Just me, like... Just you in your pajamas not knowing what's going on. Scratching my face. Totally. There are men in different countries who are all about it, (laughs) Sam, so... Okay. Use that post-it. I'm going to use it. Use the graphic tape. Use it. Hashtag get naked at work. This is... So Belarus are going through some tough economic times, as are the UK. Yeah. Um, So the, the president of Belarus told people to get naked at work. Hmm. Well, he kind of didn't fully. So he, I mean, it's been trending on social media, the hashtag get naked at work. So you can check it out if you want to. He used a strange phrase. He basically did a speech. And within the speech, President Lukashenko, Lukashenko, Mm -hmm. used the phrase, get undressed and work till you sweat. So everyone's taking it a bit literally. Yeah, you don't have to get undressed to work till you sweat. In fact, the absorbency of cotton or any other fabric you're wearing over your body tends to help you sweat more and not be, you know, just wiping yourself off constantly (laughs) and showering every hour. I think think also he's trying to use it as some sort of metaphor. But anyway, everyone's taking it very literally and they've taken their clothes off and they're sharing photos on social media of them. I also love Huge that working. everyone in that country like listens to what their president has to say and like does it as though it's like they called him daddy. I know. Daddy says we do. That's that sounds dodgy. Creepy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, good good to have that sort of faith in your prime minister. Yeah. Lots of other people are joining in as well. Russia, Ukraine and the Baltic states. Well, you know, why not? Would you, would you <laughs> they, join in? Um, I mean, I've already got a tan. I don't need to take my clothes off at work. And I can see why people in Russia and there Ukraine is, might want to do that. There has been naked comedy nights as oh, well. Oh, for sure. I, I hear they go quite well. I uh, hear because I never go or no. participate, but I hear. Oh, my goodness. I can't imagine anything. I think stand-up is tough enough without being naked during it but I think that it also uh, causes people to laugh more at everything because people are already laughing because it's awkward like they do when you leave pauses for timing so I think that the awkward laughter will make all of the comedy funnier and how do you not just do a litany of knob gags because come on naked (laughs) (laughs) because there's lots of them out Yeah, motivational coal walk goes wrong so this is, a, oh God, this is awful. A motivational speaker encouraged a group to overcome their fears and walk on hot coals. This is Tony Robbins. He's a well-known American motivational speaker and author. And um, he does loads of events like Unleash the Power. I should do it in an American accent. Unleash the Power Within. <laughs> you sound like a televangelist. Is that where you learned your American <laughs> yes. accent? That's incredible. Unleash um, and it was a four-day-long se- seminar in Dallas. And basically, 7,000 people were encouraged to storm across a bed of hot coals after inten- attending his lecture called Turn Your Fear into Power. <laughs> um, so most of them walked across fine. 30 people had noticeably burnt feet. And five people needed to be taken to hospital with severe burns. 
Well, I mean, haven't people been walking across hot coals forever, right? You know, like this yeah, is but like not seven thousand people. Well, I guess you don't want to have a queue because then people are going to get stuck and other people. Well, are budging. I love <laughs> this. So in the article, apparently, some of the people who walked across and were fine commented, saying, you know, defending Tony Robbins, being like, it's not his fault. Yeah. The people with severe burns, it's their fault because they stopped to take selfies. selfies. Yeah, which is like. That's absurd. Like, don't you have a friend at that point? Get somebody else to take a picture of you going across hot coals. Also, that's not the time to, like, do no. it before or after. D- that yeah. is like the Scottish man who took a photo with a terrorist on a plane. He had a selfie with a terrorist on a plane. It's like, it's not the time or the place. It's inappropriate. Well, yeah. I mean, unless you're using that selfie to save people's lives. Although, I mean, to be fair to Tony Robbins, this is what, like, less than a half a per- percent of the people who went across the hot coals got burnt. Like, come on. You got expect a little you know do you really want to change your life or what all of these people have third degree burns their lives have been changed <laughs> for the better not necessarily but well, they've definitely didn't necessarily been say that he was just like change <laughs> brilliant um the wrong leg this is a murder this is ridiculous a murder suspect on house arrest has gone on a murderous rampage in america awful after yeah. tricking police into thinking he was at home. So this is a man who had a GPS ankle monitor fitted and he was meant to stay in his house. He was on house arrest. And then they found out that they'd fitted the GPS ankle monitor to his fake leg. How did they not... prosthetic Like, leg. how good was this prosthetic? Like, did it have, like, you know, graying, like, leg hairs on it <laughs> and, like, a soft to the touch? Like, Surely how do you put something on a prosthetic know. leg and go, like... This is this feels real, like as opposed to this feels like titanium or you know silicone or something around it. That's ridiculous. So he just took the prosthetic leg off, put his other and put one on, on the spare, go running on the spare leg, and went on horrific rampage, murderous rampage, which is pretty. The person who made that mistake will be feeling bad. Yeah, well, let's hope they're doing more than feeling bad. You know, let's hope Goodness. they're not. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't want anyone to lose their job. And what an but awful consequence. Leg, yeah. Like. Yeah. That needs to be sorted out. Yeah. Um, finally, food news. I love this one. Pocket-sized soya and fast food power. This yeah. week, because I'm, I'm a soy milk drinker. So I am. Uh, well, I'm you? an almond milk drinker, typically. Okay. So I, I love how you're giving me shade right now. You're like, oh, oh. yeah, that's the nut. You like the nut milk. Well, <laughs> see how you are. I have almond milk, actually, on my cereal. Okay. But soy milk, my tea. Gotcha. But I'm thrilled that they have finally introduce single portion soy milk containers mm. my bag is going to be full, full of, of these when they come out and um, because 12 percent of the uk population are consciously avoiding dairy soy milk obviously huge increase in popularity but up until now you haven't been able to get the singular things yeah and some people look at you like they have no idea what you're talking about when, when you give ask you coffee. For it. Yeah. yeah they're like get out of here heathen. or people say <laughs> no we don't have soya but we've got semi-skimmed and you're like, okay. Do you skim off the dairy? Probably, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's still yeah. from a You're cow. like, oh, you'll have less horrible stomach trouble. Just <laughs> 1% as opposed to the full. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but the, so they're finally, there's this new, um, the pro- Progressive Food Company are creating it in their Nottingham factory. Which thank you very so, much. Thank you for being progressive. I'm very pleased. <laughs> yes. Um, I, also, I feel like I came up with that idea ages ago. Yeah. And, and said it on the radio. I should probably get... 
Yeah, so, d- some this sort is of why no one should ever share ideas with the universe <laughs> because someone inevitably patents them. Yeah, no, but I'm just <laughs> pleased that they're going to make them. Thank yeah. you very much. Also, love this. This is what I've written my poem on this week. KFC in India are now offering cardboard boxes with their food in it with a built-in phone charging unit. Wait, what? Uh, how, like, a, you can get a bucket of, you know, wings yeah. and there's a and phone you can charger? charge your phone. Yeah. How is There's that? There's a little port in it. and you can In just the bucket? Plug. Yeah, in the cardboard, sort of the box that you get the chicken in. And you can charge your I, phone. Oh, is that like a single use thing? Like, how can they make that it's disposable? Got ba- well, it's got a battery in it. Okay, so, so now you, when you, have you to wear down the battery. Chicken bucket got... in special battery recycling. You can't ever throw away the chicken bucket because <laughs> it's now it's got a battery. Yeah, that's. But you do get to charge your phone, that's which true. is useful. But you do also fill a landfill with battery waste, which okay. is probably not KFC. I didn't think about that. <laughs> I'm a terrible person, but I just I have to look at the dark side of life yeah. because I mean it's I there. just I just want my phone charged. <laughs> Baines Plus One. Poem of the Week on Baines Plus One. It's time for Poem of the Week, Desiree Bat. Oh, I'm just skipping in my mind that music. <laughs> Do you it's like so it? lovely, yeah. It's feel, quite British. I feel like an animated cartoon version <laughs> of myself right now with a basket of daisies. <laughs> so great. Skipping along the lane mm-hmm. to school today. Yes. So, um, we're dancing too much in the studio. You, Desiree Birch, you have written some poems for us, haven't you? I have done. I have misunderstood the assignment, but I'm glad that you, I thought it said to write poems about comedy, because if I'd had to choose my own topic, it wouldn't have gone well. It would have still <laughs> been choosing the topic. So I wrote a couple of show, short poems about comedy. I'm excited. All right. What's the first one so called? So the first one is a sin cane called Knob Gag. <laughs> there we go. Nobgag, you astound me. I tried to avoid you, but all the folks love most is a nobgag. So I tried <laughs> to follow the form of the sin cane there. Beautiful. This one is a haiku. Oh, there we go. Being funny is the very thing that makes my boyfriend so dang sad. <laughs> yeah, the people closest to funny people hate comedy <laughs> <laughs> they do they do yes and the last one is a an uplifting limerick great there once was a girl with a mic stand who rocked it much more than her nightstand oh she rarely got laid hardly ever got paid but could shout from the rooftops that life's grand yay yay i love a rhyme <laughs> my poem is very rhymey excellent i love that it's called it's about the KFC charging story. <laughs> yes. And it's called KFC Charging Forward. <laughs> KFC are helping you out whilst you eat. Yes, the next time you grab a greasy treat, you might notice your phone battery is low. And dis- to dispel your mobile-based woe, you can now charge your phone from the box containing your food. Won't that put you in a good mood? Because their food is self-termed finger-licking. But be sure you don't get your phone greasy from the chicken. And the name, well, I never. For KFC is rather clever. It's called Water Box. Spelled W-A-T-T. Water Box. <laughs> KFC, you sly fox. A puntastic and useful package. How will our senses manage with all those secret spices and 
full battery on our devices. That's my poem. That's incredible. <laughs> it's making me change my mind almost about batteries filling up landfills with KFC buckets. Well, I think it's a great idea. Yeah, it really is. How about a solar-powered one? You can just like That's walk good. around with the bucket all day and then charge your phone up. And, and like, eco-friendly. And then yeah. it's good advertising for them because you're just walking around, around with, with their g- box for like 36 hours because that's how long <laughs> the solar power would take to charge your phone. <laughs> I don't think the chicken would last that long. No, but the grease stains would. <laughs> yes, they would. And uh, and you'd have to, but then also walking around, you'd be like working off the chicken. Yeah, I, but that, that assumes that we're walking around, like we're not immediately going home and going to sleep on that chicken we just ate at KFC. I only <laughs> and eat just it leaving at the night. box outside. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, again, more advertising for them. But again, advertising that they are creating litter and waste. KFC, come on, we got to come, come with on. something better. Because a lot of food companies have done that, haven't they? Like, um, I think one of the pizza companies, they made a box that you could then turn into like a home cinema-y type thing. Like a, like like a, a little projector. shadow box? Out of a greasy pizza box? A projector? Yeah. Well, because you put your phone in it, and I can't remember. And then it like magnifies the image somehow? Or, or you just put the phone in it, and then you wear the phone. I can't remember. It's a virtual, re- <laughs> a poor man's virtual reality yeah. box. You just wear your phone on right, your face. Strap it to your face and try not to get acne. So there you go. Yep. Those are our poems of the week. <laughs> Yay! Yay, poetry. Some grey rhyme. Baines Plus One. I am here with the marvellous Desiree Birch on Baines Plus One. Oh my goodness, so glad to be here, Samantha Baines. It's been lots of fun. Yes, it really has been. You made me write a poem, which I haven't done since <laughs> school. Thank Maybe you. you can use it in your Edinburgh show. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> Just a series of limericks about comedy that everyone goes, Why? Why? How does this fit in with the with, rest of the show? Well, how does anything fit in with anything, really? <laughs> so tell us about your new show. What's it called? Sure. So my new solo show is called This Is Evolution. Um, it's, um, you know, me doing the requisite knob gags that comedy requires, but also sort of talking about uh, where we are at this point in uh, history and where I am at this point in my own personal growth evolution and how both uh, my person and the universe feel severely stuck in uh, old ways and trying to think about things in new ways. Um, Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so how long has this been in the writing? Oh, God. Well, I mean, in some ways, I'm using um, repurposing jokes that I've done before. And in other ways, things are brand new. And I'm still coming up with, uh, you know, how to uh, talk about how, you know, quantum theory relates to uh, Internet dating. Um, And, you know, just just to stretch everyone's imaginations to the point of breaking. Um, And in order to to sort of um, question how uh, identity obsessed uh, a, a culture I think we are and how we are probably coming to the end of that um, in certain ways considering that you know scientists say in the next 30 years we'll all be uploaded um, you know we'll have reached the singularity and we'll all just be able to live for hundreds of years and, and um, you know oh essentially gosh. be in the matrix yeah. um, which you know I don't necessarily think is gonna you know work out as smoothly as all of them are imagining <laughs> Do we get cool jackets and glasses like Keanu Reeves? Well, I, yeah, but I guess the whole point is that like we're all just be naked like the people in Belarus. Like we won't even oh, need no. to be have bodies. We'll just have our consciousnesses uploaded, and that seems like super boring because life is already long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want a body. 
Yeah, I mean, I, everything I know has meaning because um, it ends. And if things don't have to end, then what does it all mean? Wow. So you're challenging some big old questions there. Kind of, but then at the then I don't have any answers, you know. It's all <laughs> about asking questions. There's no such thing. It's a stupid question except for the ones that are patently stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Which you don't find out until you ask, you know. Yeah. So why not put it out there? So how did the idea behind this come about? I mean, I think that um, it simply came from, well, it came from a lot of different directions. I think that um, uh, the main thing in the show that I'm interested in is this sort of um, the limitations of uh, identity and the narrative of identity. And I think that after doing a lot of solo shows about being, um, you know, a woman or about being black and about thinking about how all of those things have informed who I think I am on this earth, you know, I kind of recognize the fact that all of those things are things that people tell you about yourself. You don't walk around consciously going, I'm a woman, I'm black, I'm, you know, until people are constantly reacting to you differently because of those things. Mm. And so thinking about how much um, what we think we are is framed through the way everybody else looks at us and thinking about what we could be if we looked at things differently just sort of got me interested in trying to talk about that. Someone is really angry outside. Oh my God, there's some big old banging. I think that that, that that is the um, voice of the status quo going, Desiree, don't incite change. No. It's better if people no. don't think. <laughs> yes, no. <laughs> that you, is the we're, resistance. We're combating you. It's stop now. Yeah. we're like, no. Yeah, you cannot stop progress oh, no matter stop. how angry you are at it. I'm sorry, Gate. <laughs> I'm sorry. Deal with it. Yes. So where is your show going to be on in Edinburgh? Where it is going to be on uh, Bob's Blunderbuss. Here's of the Fringe, oh, Bob's great. Bus. So I will be on that double-decker bus on the Potter Row underpass, um, trying desperately not to do jokes that require me to jump, because there's not a lot of clearance <laughs> upstairs, which I found out performing there um, a few months back. I was uh, being very mobile, and was like, it's a good thing I have this cute little Afro puff on top, because <laughs> I would have concussed myself had I not. Oh, my <laughs> God, well, because for people who don't know, who've not been to Edinburgh before, that is an actual double-decker bus. Yes, yes. He's that a, people perform on. Yeah, there's a, a bar downstairs where you would normally pay your fare, and upstairs the seats have been turned around to make a uh, comedy performance venue, and it's really fun. It's really fantastic. It's a great little venue. Yeah, it absolutely is. And is that free fringe? Um, it is, uh, well, it's Bob's uh, a hero, so it's pay what you want. So essentially you can guarantee yourself a seat for five quid or you can take your chances and roll up and just drop some money at the end if you like the show and if not still drop money in because I worked my behind off <laughs> and what time is that again it'll be on at uh, half nine uh, every day from the uh, from the sixth actually of, of August well I can't wait to see it I can't wait I'm for you to excited. be there yeah yeah toot, toot. and uh, there'll be a preview here in London on the 27th so people should come and check it out and tell me how to make it better before I go Baines plus one. Oh, what a Baines plus one with Desiree Burke. Yeah, it's been so, so fantastic. Thank you for having me on, Sam. Thanks for coming. It's been, I think, I feel like we've had good chat. Yeah, I feel like we had a great chat. I didn't get to know you even more than I wanted to. I had so many more questions to ask you. <laughs> wow. I wish that could go on for two hours. We'll do that after. Right. Just not fair. <laughs> um, now, we've been talking about your new show, which sounds really exciting. Yeah. And there is a preview in London for yes. people who aren't going to be at the Fringe. Absolutely. If you are sticking 
walking around in London and uh, going on holiday in August, you can catch the show on 27th of July um, on the Good Ship Benefit uh, at Embankment at 7 p.m. So that's a Wednesday, the 27th at 7 p.m. And that is a ship that yes. Benefit Cosmetics have taken over and it's like pink and there's makeup inside. Yes, there's like food and makeup and and comedy, all the things you want on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> it's an awesome, awesome venue. It's People amazing. should definitely check it out if they're in um, London. Yeah. And I'm doing mine on the 8th as well. Yeah, so you can spend all of July hanging out on Just a boat, luxuriating, Just seeing hilarious women. <laughs> Just bring a, uh, just a little tent. Yeah. <laughs> a yeah. pillow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Camp out. Um, now, if people, because we have lots of listeners, especially on the podcast, yeah. all over the world. So if people aren't in London or Edinburgh, but they want to get you on the internet, where they, can they please, find you? Please do get me on the internet. I want to be gotten. <laughs> I'm um, Des the Ray pretty much everywhere. So that's D-E-S-T-H-E-R-A-Y um, at Twitter, at Facebook, um, at Instagram, at all of the things. <laughs> all of the social there. media. All of the, yes. And you have a website as well, don't you? Yes, uh, which is DesireeBirch.com. That's Birch with a U, like church with a B. That kind it. of makes sense. Yeah. You spell it like the tree, you'll find somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. Definitely hit her up on the internet. Please do. I'd love Funny, to Funny, lovely lady. I'm excited about seeing your show. I'm excited for you to be there, Sam. Thank you so much. Thank you. I will be back next week, of course, live on Hoxton Radio every Thursday, 12 till 2, with another marvellous guest from the world of comedy and or TV. And of course, you can tune in to all um, my previous guests on iTunes. Check out our podcast. Just search Baines Plus One. Click subscribe and give us a little five star review. Because why wouldn't you? Because you're nice people. Aren't you? Aren't you? Are you? <laughs> uh, and you can also follow me on Twitter, of course, at Samantha Baines, B-A-I-N-E-S and at Hoxton Radio as well. Thank you so much for all your social media messages. I'll try and get back to you all. Baines Plus One. Thanks so much for listening to Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines. You can listen live every Thursday from 12 till 2 on Hoxton Radio. And don't forget to subscribe and give us a cheeky little review.